welcome to another edition of the AV Podcast. Anthony V. Hill with you, and what a weekend of football. Of course, on Saturday it all started with the college football playoff semifinal games, and then of course the regular season finale in the NFL on Sunday. And we'll begin with the NFL and talk about the upset of the day, and that was the Miami Dolphins going up to Foxborough. And beating the New England Patriots 27-24, to the final score as New England had a chance to get to that number two seed in the AFC playoffs. All they needed was a win, and they would get that first round bye. But give credit to the Dolphins. They played well all game, and the Patriots will be playing on wild card weekend for the first time in a decade. And the Dolphins, a season that looked like they may not win a game at all, uh, but they finished the year 5-11 and and, you know, finished strong. And again, a tough game. No one picked them. They were almost two touchdown underdogs on Sunday going up to Foxborough. But they pulled off the upset, perhaps, of the year as so much was riding on that game, not only for the Patriots, but a team like the Kansas City Chiefs who needed some help to get that first round by. And Ryan Fitzpatrick... Of course, the journeyman quarterback, he's been with a number of teams in his career and playing for the Dolphins this season, and he is the leading rusher for the Miami Dolphins this season, and that's the first time in NFL history a team's leading rusher for the season has finished with fewer than 300 rushing yards, and Fitzpatrick finished with 243 yards, so a stat that... You really don't want to have if you're the Miami Dolphins, but uh, that's just kind of how things have gone this season. But, uh, you know, if they they were able to get five wins on the season, and they we know how many draft picks they have coming up in this year's draft. They have three in the first round. And so uh, things are looking bright in Miami. Uh, if they were able to pull off five wins a season, imagine what they can do next season. Uh, and, of course, we don't know who's going to be their quarterback. Of course, they still have Josh Rosen on their roster. Of course, they made the trade with the Arizona Cardinals this past off season. So we'll see who's going to be in that quarterback position. But a lot of moves uh, around the Dolphins coming up this off season. But, again, they pulled off the upset of the year up in Foxborough, beating the Patriots. And, of course, that had a lot of impact on the seeding in the AFC as the charge or the Chiefs were taking a close look at that game as the Chiefs they took care of business at home they won 31 to 21 against the Los Angeles Chargers and the Chiefs they needed to win and they needed a New England loss in order to jump ahead of the Patriots to get that number two seed and the first round bye, and that's exactly what happened. And the Chiefs, they didn't really have any crazy offensive numbers, just a an average game, I would call it, against the Chiefs or the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, but the one thing that they were able to do is they were able to run the ball pretty effectively, and that's something that the Chiefs have struggled with running the football. We know how good they are passing the ball. But the question is, how well can they do running the football? And Andy Reid has talked about that in the past, but they were able to set up the running game against the Chargers. And the defense, they are still ranked in the middle of the pack. We've talked about it before, how well they have played this last month of the season, uh, but they're still middle of the pack defense in the NFL. Um, But they are number six in total offense, but number 23 in rushing. And again, uh, if they're able to get that running game going, you know, they can keep those drives extended, 
and uh, Patrick Mahomes, of course, we know what he can do with his arm, uh, but I still don't trust that defense. I just have a hard time trusting them. Uh, you know, once we get into the playoffs, that's what really uh, gets exposed is how well is your defense, and uh, that defense has been exposed this year. Uh, again, they've played well the last month, but uh, really not against anyone uh, too big to brag about. So we'll see if they can turn things around defensively, uh, but they are playing well. And again, they get up to that number two seed and they get a first round buy. So instead of having to play this coming weekend, they get a weekend off, get a, get some guys rested up and ready to go in the divisional round of the playoffs as uh, they finish the year 12-4 and four, and, of course, winning the AFC West. And they swept the AFC West this year going 6-0. and oh in divisional games this season so really impressive play there by the Kansas City Chiefs okay on the NFC side the Eagles and Giants game of course the Eagles with their win last week against the Giants or the Cowboys if they won on Sunday they would be in and that's exactly what they did they took care of business in New York beating the Giants 34-17, to and the Eagles on a four-game winning streak. They finished the year on a four-game winning streak, all against divisional opponents, although the NFC East, we know how poor that division has been this season and really has been for quite some time. Uh, but nonetheless, they win the NFC East, they host a playoff game, and give credit to Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, and a team that really wasn't in it. Uh, it looked like the Cowboys were going to take that division all season long. They certainly had it in their hands uh, to win the division, but uh, they did enough, the Eagles, uh, at the very end of the season to take the division from the Cowboys. And a team, you talk about who has dealt with a number of injuries, both offensively and defensively, they really don't have any weapons to speak of. And Carson Wentz has done an unbelievable job to uh, get this team into contention and get into the playoffs. That's all you ask. Get into the playoffs. Everyone's records go out the door. Um, you know, zero and zero record. So the Eagles are a fascinating team to see what what can they do in the playoffs? They can create some problems, I think, for some teams, especially in the NFC. We'll talk about the playoff picture coming up in a bit. The other game that was exciting on Sunday, the Broncos and Raiders game. Of course, uh, the Raiders had to win that one, and had they had to have a couple other scenarios work out for them in order to make the playoffs, but uh, that didn't work out as the Broncos won. It at home 16 to 15 the final score as the Raiders they made it interesting in the last couple minutes of the game they went down they scored the touchdown and instead of going and kicking the extra point and going into overtime John Gruden decided to go 4-2 for the win but Shelby Harris with a great block with a Derek Carr pass right at the line of scrimmage as that secured the Broncos win and Philip Lindsay he becomes the first undrafted player in NFL history to begin his career with consecutive 1,000-yard rushing seasons. And really impressive considering how poor this offense has been really the past four or five seasons. Going back to the Broncos' Super Bowl season, uh, Super Bowl 50, they really weren't that great of an offense either with Peyton Manning. Uh, but Philip Lindsay, uh, he is a good player. You know, the, the Broncos got a good running back with him, and he's a player who is accounting for practically nothing against the cap space. He's hardly making any money. And so they are rolling with him. And the Broncos, 
They were 4-1 and one in the month of December, so that's encouraging sign uh, after starting the season off terribly, of course, with Joe Flacco, and of course he got hurt, and they make the change to Brandon Allen, and then with uh, Drew Locke at the end of the season, and you talk about a season that could be very different right now for the Denver Broncos, and you take four games this season, the Chicago game early in the game, uh, they lose in the final seconds, they had a horrible penalty, defensive penalty, that set up the game winner for Chicago, um, the Jacksonville game, they had a fourth quarter lead in that one, of course the Colts game in Indianapolis, and then of course the Vikings game where they had a 20 point lead at halftime and they blew that one. So you take a look at those four games, and if they were able to close things out in those four games, that turns this season around. That's a com- It's a completely different season for this Broncos team. They would be at 11-5, and five, and they would certainly be into the playoffs. They'd probably be that number five spot in the wild card. So uh, the Broncos, again, that's been their nemesis this year, not being able to close out games in the fourth quarter. And uh, the offense has gone cold in the fourth quarter early this season. But with Drew Locke coming in, he's given this offense life and an offense that has a bright future, I think. I think the Broncos have their quarterback with Drew Locke. Of course, Cortland Sutton, he's that big wide receiver. He's really stepped up as that number one receiver with the Emmanuel Sanders trade in the middle of the season. He's their number one guy. And of course, Noah Fant, he's a big tight end. And uh, he kind of reminds me of a Travis Kelsey type. He can block pretty well uh, during the run game. And then, of course, we know what he can do with his legs and his hands receiving the football. So, offensively, I think they, they've got things working for in their favor. I think they can still use some help on the offensive line. Um, the, that offensive line isn't anything to brag about. Um, and like I said, I think that, that speaks to Philip Lindsay and how well he has played, considering he is behind a line that's not the best in the NFL, but he still is getting a 1,000 rushing yards back-to-back years. So the offense looks good for the Broncos, and uh, really Drew Lott gives the Broncos Broncos fans hope going into next season. Uh, I do think they've got their man. And, of course, the Broncos defense, they've got a lot of free agents coming up this offseason. You've got Shelby Harris, Derek Wolf, Chris Harris, and Justin Simmons all set to become free agents this offseason. So the Broncos and John Elway, they're going to have a lot of work to try to retain some of those guys on the defensive side of the ball because the Broncos have really prided themselves as being a defensive team really since that Super Bowl 50 win. And it may not have been uh, the defense that they want the past two seasons, but certainly this year with Vic Fangio coming over. Uh, They have played well. They're their number one defense as far as the red zone goes. Uh, They have held teams out of the end zone, forcing them to kick the field goals, and that's what we saw on Sunday against the Raiders. Uh, And they are the number 12 defense uh, in the NFL. So we'll see if they can retain some of those guys. I, I really like Justin Simmons. I think he's a really underrated guy on the defensive side of the ball, and I think he got snubbed out of the Pro Bowl this season. But uh, yeah, they're going to have a lot of work to do to try to retain some of those guys on the defensive side for the Denver Broncos. But you know, they're a young team. They've got the youngest roster in the NFL right now, and a, an exciting future. I think Drew Locke uh, gives Broncos fans hope into next season. And uh, again, I mean, just look at their last month of the season, finishing 4-1 and one in the month of December. So encouraging sign for the Denver Broncos. And if you're a Broncos fan, I think the future is bright 
with Drew Locke. Okay, the Sunday night game. That was a fun game last night as the 49ers won it. Very last second, 26-21. to Of course, the NFC West title was up for grabs. And a goal line stand by that 49er defense as Seattle. They had a first and goal from the one. And then they had a delay of game penalty that forced them back to the five-yard line. And really cost them the game because they were more than likely going to score with Marshawn Lynch, who of course they signed earlier last week. Uh, but with the win, San Francisco gets the number one seed in the NFC. And the last five games for San Francisco, boy, they have come down to the final seconds. As you go back to the Ravens game, of course, they lost on a field goal as time expired. Uh, but then the following week, they won at New Orleans with a field goal once again as time expired. And then they lost at home to the Falcons on a touchdown with two seconds left on the clock. And then they won against the Rams on a field goal as time expired. And then, of course, last night, winning against the Seahawks on a turnover on downs with nine seconds left. And again, locking up that number one seed in the NFC. So some crazy games in the regular season finale on Sunday in the NFL. And that sets up a great playoff picture in the NFL this year. We'll start in the AFC. Again, Baltimore, the number one team. The Chiefs, the number two team. They both get a bye the first week in the playoffs. The Patriots, first time in more than a decade. Yes, they are playing on Wild Card Weekend, but they are that number one defense in the NFL, and it creates a great matchup going up against the number three rushing offense in the Tennessee Titans. And Derrick Henry, if they can run the ball effectively with Derrick Henry, I like the Titans' chances. And Henry has dominated in the month of December in his career. He's played in 17 games. He has over 1,500 rushing yards and 18 rushing touchdowns. And we saw the game against the Texans. He was able to light it up again uh, against the Texans. So, again, if they can set up that run game against the the Patriots, I really like their chances because that takes the pressure off Ryan Tannehill. Uh, But Ryan Tannehill, he scrambles, he he extends the plays, and of course, A.J. Brown, he may be the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. He has played unbelievable this season, and it's a fun team. They are... They're a two-dimensional team off uh, running the game and passing the game, Uh, but I think the real effect right there is Derrick Henry. If he can have a 100-yard rushing game in New England, I would certainly like the chances for the Tennessee Titans, but until someone beats New England in the playoffs in Foxborough, uh, I'm still riding with the Patriots, even though their offense is not the same. It is a little shaky, but Again, they've got that number one defense in the NFL. So, of course, we all know defense wins championships. And then the other AFC wildcard game, the Texans, the number four seed, they host the Buffalo Bills. And we don't know which Texans team are we going to get. Are we going to see the one who loses at home to a rookie quarterback or the one who beat the Patriots at home on Sunday night football? And we just don't know. I mean, the Texans have been so inconsistent this season, it's hard to tell which team you're going to get. And 
they do they are expected to get JJ Watt back coming off IR of course he had that injury week 8 they put him on IR but he's set to come back and uh, he could be the difference maker in that game if he is able to come back because we know how <laughs> he draws double teams all the time and so that would be a big boost for that Texans if he can play well coming up against the Bills but uh, you know the Bills they're the number 3 total defense in the NFL and you know the bills are a team who can't get behind in a game and they certainly can't get behind early because they rely on the running game with singletary the rookie he's a really good running back and of course frank gore uh, the other running back and what that does it sets up the play action and something that josh allen the quarterback struggles with is being accurate with the football and all of his receivers are under six feet and Josh Allen is a very tall quarterback. He's six foot five, and so he tends to throw the ball over the receivers' heads. Um, and so again, it all goes back to being able to run the ball effectively. And if they can set up the run game, then I, I think the Bills have a really good chance going into the, into Houston and uh, beating the Texans because again, they have that number three total defense. The Bills do, and so. The Bills, they want to run the ball, and they want to rely on that defense. And so uh, it creates a great matchup going up against that Texans offense. Of course, with Deshaun Watson, uh, Will Fuller, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So a very exciting matchup, both wild card games in the AFC coming up next weekend. In the NFC, of course, as I mentioned earlier, the 49ers, they get the number one seed. The Packers get the number two seed. Boy, they got off to a slow start against the Detroit Lions, but they were able to win in Detroit to get to that number two seed. And the New Orleans Saints, the number three seed, so they're playing on Wild Card Weekend, and they are hosting the Minnesota Vikings. And Drew Brees, he has had an unbelievable last three seasons as far as passing the football as all records as he has the three most accurate single season in NFL history. You go back to 2017, completing 72% of his passes. In 2018, just over 74%. And then this year, 74.3% completion percentage. So we know how he is offensively. And Michael Thomas is obviously their main target for the Saints. And, of course, he broke the reception record last week, breaking the Marvin Harris uh, record. And really, he's the only offensive weapon receiving that you have to worry about if you're Minnesota. And Mike Zimmer is not going to let one receiver beat him. And they're going to double-team Michael Thomas. They're going to take him out of the game and make other receivers beat them. And I think that's something that Mike Zimmer, I think he can draw up a great game plan is it's pretty simple really take out one receiver and so then that focus may turn to Alvin Kamara and the Saints they've got to get Alvin Kamara going early and Kamara who has played well the past couple of weeks who has gotten into the end zone he has struggled there in the middle of the season as far as getting into the end zone but the Minnesota Vikings if they can stop Michael Thomas which I think they can I think Zimmer will come up with a great game plan to stop Michael Thomas then they only have to worry about Alvin Kamara beating them and uh, that really makes them a one-dimensional offense at that point so uh, the same goes for the Vikings you know if they, they got to set up the run game with Dalvin Cook and take the pressure off Kirk Cousins and it's a big game for Kirk Cousins can he win a big game and a playoff game on the road in one of the most toughest places to win 
doesn't matter if it's regular season or postseason, down in New Orleans. So uh, it creates a great matchup. Again, the Vikings with a good defense, the Saints with their powerful offense. Um, but they can be exposed, I think, if they shut down Michael Thomas. How effective is that offense? And uh, I think Zimmer can come up with a great game plan to make sure Michael Thomas does not beat the Minnesota Vikings. But that is an intriguing matchup on the NFC side. And then the other wild card game, the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Seattle Seahawks, another good matchup. And the Seattle Seahawks are not good on defense. Let's just call it how it is. Uh, they are number 26 in total defense. And, of course, that benefits the Eagles. Um who have had a number of injuries this season and really don't have any offensive weapons. And we'll see if Zach Ertz will play. I'm sure he will. He didn't play last uh, or the game against the Giants with a cracked rib. But, you know, this is playoff football. Everything's on the line. There's no uh, second chance. So I think it's a good matchup uh, for both teams and for especially Seattle. As Seattle, they are 10-3 and this season in one possession games this season. So, you know, they have been in close games. They have been able to close things out for the most part this season. And Seattle, they have won five in a row against Philly. And Russell Wilson in those five games, seven touchdowns and just one interception. So a great matchup there in Philadelphia as the Eagles host the Seahawks coming up this weekend in wild card weekend in the NFL. So some Really good wild card games this weekend. I think it's going to be a great wild card weekend. Of course, we always talk about divisional round in the playoffs is the best weekend in football, but I think you can make a case for wild card weekend. That's going to be the best weekend in pro football in this year's playoff games. Okay, other notes around the NFL. Of course, Black Monday. As the Browns, they didn't waste any time. They fired Freddie Kitchens after one season, going 6-10. and 10. Of course, he took over as the head coaching uh, position midway last season. Uh, but the Browns, they'll be looking for their ninth head coach since 2008. And they really need a coach who can control all the egos on the team. We know how many personalities they have, with, especially with Beckham, Landry, and Mayfield. And they need someone who can figure out is Mayfield their guy? And, you know, Mayfield got off to a great start last season under Freddie Kitchens. And then this season, they really didn't improve. And obviously with the record, you know, missing the playoffs, they had unbelievable expectations. Some even thought maybe perhaps Super Bowl. I certainly thought they would go uh, into the playoffs, at least make the playoffs, and have a winning record. But, uh, you know, the Browns looking for another head coach and they have already requested an interview with the offensive coordinator of the Ravens Greg Roman and we'll see of course we know what Greg Roman has done this season in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson and company so uh, the Browns does not look good for them off uh, as a whole and again they got to figure out is Mayfield their guy uh, because he definitely did not improve this season uh, other news, the Giants, no surprise here either. They fired Pat Shermer after two seasons, only going 9-23. and And the Giants, they have requested permission to interview with Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Of course, he has been a hot candidate the past couple of seasons. Um, 
and we'll see. It looks like uh, Eli Manning is out. I don't see if the how the Giants bring him back. Uh, Daniel Jones, he's looked good and he's looked bad this season, and and that's typical for a rookie. Uh, but I, you know, I think if it's he's under the right system, he can play well. We've seen him play well this season. So uh, once again, the Giants looking for yet another head coach for the New York Giants. And according to Adam Schefter, Ron Rivera is set to become the next head coach in Washington. And so that's an interesting matchup there as Ron Rivera, of course, was fired uh, about a month ago from the Carolina Panthers and uh, quickly finding his next job. Looks like he's going to be the next head coach for the Washington Redskins. And Jason Garrett, as it stands right now, he's still the man in Dallas uh, and you take a look at some of num- his numbers, 10 seasons in Dallas, 85-67 and 67 record, and just two playoff wins. And so, you know, I think even though he does have a winning record as a head coach of the Cowboys, I think you have to move on from him. You do. Uh, because what does he have to show for? He really doesn't have anything to show for. Other than maybe the two playoff wins, you could make a case, but two playoff wins in 10 seasons, and if you're America's team, that's just absolutely dismal. And so you've got to make, I think you have to make a change. Again, this is a team who had uh, playoff hopes in mind. Certainly, they have the roster to do so offensively and defensively. And Dak Prescott has played really well this season, and I just don't get the Cowboys' game plan week in and week out. One week, they're giving Ezekiel Elliott the ball 20, 30 times and setting up that run game, sets up the play action. Dak Prescott's able to throw the ball down the field. And then the other, another week, they hardly ever give the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. So it starts with the head coach, and you know I think it's time to move on from him. And some coaches, some names that have come up, Lincoln Riley, from Oklahoma. Will he make the jump to the NFL? That's the big question. Um, Certainly intriguing. Uh, Does Urban Meyer try to get into things? I've even saw Mike Zimmer, his name float around, Gary Kubiak. So we'll see. Uh, But again, it's not official yet. Jason Garrett is still in Dallas right now, but uh, we'll see if they fire him or not coming up in the next couple of days. Okay, in other notes, Jameis Winston He becomes the first player in NFL history to throw for 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in a single season. So, yeah, he's a turnover machine, uh, but he can light it up offensively with the touchdowns, with the passing yards. Um, And I think think the the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think they will bring him back because he really played well this season despite the turnovers with that Bruce Arians type of offense. So I think they'll really work... Uh, on that this offseason, and uh, I certainly like things in Tampa Bay as they are trying to turn things around with Bruce Arians, and I think he's done a great job, even though they aren't making the playoffs this season. I don't think they're really expected to make the playoffs this year, uh, but it's, it is encouraging to see Jameis Winston uh, able to throw for the, those number of yards and number of touchdowns. Again, it just goes back to turning over the football. And if he can you know, cut those turnovers in half, He's going to be a really solid quarterback in the NFL, so uh, we'll see if he can do that coming up. 
next season. Christian McCaffrey becomes the third player in NFL history to hit 1,000 rushing yards and receiving yards in the same season. And, of course, he was one of the early MVP candidates. And, of course, the Panthers just nosedive um, after firing Ron Rivera. Did not finish the season off strong at all. Um, So... Christian McCaffrey, of course, he has played well, and we'll see who's going to be their next head coach in Carolina. A lot of question marks going around the Pan- uh, the Panthers. Who's going to be their quarterback? Is it going to be Cam Newton? Uh, we don't know. Uh, so a lot of question marks surrounding the Carolina Panthers this offseason, but they, they do have a running back, Christian McCaffrey, that's for sure. Okay, let's talk about the college football semifinal games on Saturday. Boy, were they good. And it all started with LSU as they won big in the Peach Bowl, 63-28 to over Oklahoma. And a record-setting game for LSU as Joe Burrow, responsible for eight touchdowns in the game, 403 passing yards in the first half, four receiving touchdowns and 227 receiving yards by Justin Jefferson, 49 points in the first half, 63 points totaled in the in, in the game, and 692 total yards of offense, all records in the Peach Bowl. And boy, it was fun to watch that LSU offense. And Burrow, here's a crazy stat for you. Joe Burrow has more passing touchdowns, 11, than Matt Ryan does, 8, uh, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And Justin Jefferson, the same for him. He's got five receiving touchdowns, and Julio Jones only had two this season. And keep in mind, LSU only played at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in two games. They played it in the SEC Championship game, and then, of course, the Peach Bowl. And, the, of course, the Falcons, who play their eight games a season. And Burrow and Jefferson able to have more touchdowns than Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. So that is a, a crazy stat, and that just speaks volume to how productive that offense is of LSU. And the other semifinal game, Clemson, they beat Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl 29-23, to the final score. And Trevor Lawrence, he is 25-0 and as a starting quarterback for the Clemson team. And really, Clemson's defense kept them in the game early as Ohio State, they I mean, it looked like it was going to be a blowout, uh, but they were f- able to force Ohio State to settle for field goals, keep them out of the touch, out of the end zone, um, and it, it, again, it kept them in, and it sets up a great championship game between LSU and Clemson, and no one has been able to stop that LSU offense, and boy, Clemson's going to have their hands full to try to slow down. I don't think you can stop LSU's offense because they have been historic, uh, but try to slow down LSU. Uh, that's really their only chance, but uh, I would imagine LSU is going to be favored pretty big in the championship game, and it's practically a home game for LSU as the championship game is going to be played in New Orleans, and so uh, going to be a lot of LSU fans in the crowd for that one. So it's going to be a good one. And of course, Joe Burrow, probably the number one draft pick in the NFL coming up this season. And of course, the Cincinnati Bengals have the number one pick in this year's NFL draft. So it all sets up a great championship game in college football. And boy, LSU, it looks like they may take it all. They they have been fun to watch this season, setting countless records in the SEC and again, in the Peach Bowl. 
this past weekend. So it's going to be fun coming up in a couple of weeks for the college football championship. And again, that one's going to be played down in New Orleans. So it should be fun. Okay, that'll do it for this week's AV podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony V. Hill. Talk to you next time.